I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome in to episode 176 of the outside the box podcast part of the underground sports philadelphia podcast network it's kb coming at you from underground studios and joining me this week to break down what should be one hell of a weekend on long island fourth of july weekend the one the only dj is back what is up people excited we- for this weekend i am doing nothing but watching Big facts. It's going to be one hell of a weekend. And uh, before we get into all the goodness of this PLL weekend, plus the Panther City Lacrosse Club expansion draft recap, got to give a shout out to the sponsors who make this podcast happen. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades, they're located on Long Island. So you best believe I'll be wearing my Tomahawk Shades all weekend long. TomahawkShades.com. They've got the blue light glasses, the sunglasses. They're the best small batch eyewear in the game and now that you know ncaa players can get endorsement deals and everything notice there's an lsu football player just signed up with tomahawk shades so go to tomahawkshades.com fill up your cart get the blue light glasses the sunglasses everything in between get the chris hogan undrafted collection all that good stuff on there chris hogan owns the company no big deal so does kyle harrison no big deal uh, and when you go to check out, use promo code USP to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com to get 25% off your entire order. And it is the summer of stateside, stateside vodka, the best in the game. They got the vodka soda party packs on their website. They got lemon, cucumber, mint, black cherry, pineapple, orange all in there for you 95 calories two carbs real juice real actively hydrating vodka it's got electrolytes in it so you're not even going to realize that you're drinking vodka so you got to drink responsibly when you're drinking these bad boys but statesidevodka.com get the vodka soda party packs you got to be 21 or older to purchase and of course please drink responsibly and our friends at kenwood beer go to kenwoodbeer.com use the kenny tracker to see who's got kenwood on tap They might have bucket hats available soon because another rival beer company tweeted that they've got bucket hats. I said, we got it. We got to get Kenny bucket hats. And they said, well, we got to have them now. So they might be on the way. I I, I don't consider myself an influencer, but I might be an influencer. So if the Kenny bucket hats happen, you're welcome, everybody. Uh, But you got to be 21 or older to crack open an ice cold Kenny. And of course, please drink responsibly. DJ, we've got a loaded slate of games. Uh, coming up this weekend on Long Island. But first, 
of course, the flurry of player transactions happened. Uh, some big names will be available on Long Island this weekend. Headlined by Shane Jackson coming off the unavailable to travel list. He'll be with the Cannons. Chase Frazier coming off the unavailable to travel list. The boy, friend of the show, Chase Frazier. He'll be with Chaos, uh, which I'm very excited for his debut as they now have the core four of the Buffalo Bandits that are on that roster will now be active with Chaos. Uh, Brian Phipps goes from the Redwoods to the Whip Snakes. Tommy Kelly released into the player pool after Sean Quirk said that those faceoff guys were his guys. Uh, well, I guess that changed because they are bringing in Peyton Smith, former Redwoods faceoff guy from the bubble that they drafted last year. He's now a member of the Cannons. Michael Brown goes from Chrome to the player pool. And Chrome get the steal of the restricted rosters as they uh, they go get TJ Camizio from the Whip Snakes. I was flabbergasted when I saw that move happen. And then uh, Josh Courier gets released by the Cannons to the player pool. I don't think that will last very long. Tim Edwards gets picked up by the Cannons uh, from the player pool. Tanner Cook off the unavailable to travel list. He'll be with chaos. Dan Coates goes to the injured list for chaos. And then the big news for the Redwoods, is all three guys who were out last week from uh, their game against chaos. They are all back. Ryan Lee, Jack near John Sexton, Matt Rambo put on the injured list. Joey Sankey released into the player pool to make room for Trey LeClaire, who comes off the unavailable to travel list. Uh, he will be with the archers this weekend. And then, uh, chaos to make room for chase frazier they release sergio salcedo to the player pool biggest surprises dj from uh the transactions that happened over the past couple days um honestly um i have to say sergio salcedo i know he hasn't done much since his trade to the chaos from Redwoods, but he, I thought he would at least finish out his career playing and that they would find a way to get him going, but they just let him go. Yeah, it seems like with the turnover that they've had and just trying to like find an identity, uh, he just no longer fit what they were trying to do. They're playing like that Canadian hybrid style of field lacrosse and uh Sergio speed just doesn't fit that, I guess. So I'd be shocked if he's in the player pool past this week. Um, and a lot of people, including myself, think that he'll end up on the Chrome roster because it'll give him a chance to kind of play with that speed and be open uh, to move around and create in that midfield. And I wouldn't hate seeing him in a Chrome jersey. Oh, absolutely wouldn't hate seeing him in a Chrome jersey. And I think... Shane Jackson has fit pretty well with that chaos roster. He'll be able to help with the spacing. They have a serious spacing problem, in my opinion, that is really causing their offense a lot of turmoil. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the best word for it. They're not doing well offensively because of spacing. I love TJ Camizio going to Chrome. I think he's going to fit into that defense as a short stick D midi perfectly. And, uh, we tweeted it out from the OTB account. You know, can we report a robbery? Because that just seems unfair that like he was just available and not playing for whip snakes at all. 
And now he's going to go to a Chrome team where he's going to be able to get playing time. And I think he fits into what Sudo wants to do with that team. Oh, it's that it's a steal. Like it, these reserve roster pickups that every coach is doing in the past few weeks has been a steal for everyone. I mean, I don't even know how these players are on reserve rosters. <laughs> we need to get more teams in the PLL or something. I don't know, but these players are unbelievable. TJ Camizio is going to take that offense to the next level, especially since they lost Jordan Wolf. Yeah, I think he's going to kind of be like a hybrid uh, midi. Like he'll play some defense, he'll play up top. Um, I like him going to Chrome. I think the biggest blow is that Whipsnakes aren't going to have Matt Rambo. Yeah, and even if Zed Williams plays, he's banged up. So it's like that Archers Whipsnakes game that everybody would, couldn't wait to see all season is not really going to be what it should be. Yeah, that and then the very cryptic roster update from the Whipsnakes official Twitter account saying, due to a situation outside of the player's control, midfielder Connor Kirst has been moved to the reserve roster. And attackman Simon Mathias has been moved to the active roster to replace him. Nobody knows what that means. Hopefully, Connor's okay, but uh, the, the lack of transparency there is a little concerning. Yeah, that makes absolutely no sense. Like, what are circumstances that are out of, out of his control? Is he available since he's on the reserve roster? Can he come back right away when everything's okay? Like, it's kind of just an empty wasteland of options that none of us know what it really means. Seems like he's not going to play this week, uh, but I am excited to see Simon Mathias suit up uh, on that attack line with the whip snakes and see what he brings to the table, because I think he's one of the most underrated, like young guys in the league, but ton of roster moves. And if Shane Jackson's available to play this week for the cannons, um, I just don't know how much better that cannons attack group can get. And now you're going to add, a Shane Jackson to it, that just doesn't seem fair. It's almost like the Archers. Oh, it's extremely unfair. Like, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. That's exactly like you said. It's going to take that offense to the next step, like Connor Fields did with the Archers. That offense went from really good to almost unstoppable. It's like the the Cannons have like three guys in the top five in terms of like individual scoring. Uh, and it's literally like <laughs> it's stupid. You look at the points list, it's Rob Pinnell, Grant Amen, and then it's Lyle, Paul Rabel, Andrew Q, and then at number nine is Ryan Drenner. So, in the top 10, they have four guys on their roster that are just like lighting up the scoreboard. Um, and now you're gonna add a Shane Jackson to that group. Like, hello, points. Like, if this Cannons team can figure out how to play a little bit more consistent defense. They'll be, like we said, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, it's it's unreal that they are. You look at, you know, the team and how well they're performing. And even though their defense hasn't necessarily been consistent, you still look at them and how they're performing. Decent goalie behind them in uh, Morocco, Nick Morocco. And you look at their record, they're one in three with a two goal differential. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, that that team, their record, you know, they always say your record says what you are as a team and everything, but I, I truly don't think this Cannons team's, like, their record does not reflect the team that they are. Um, they're much better than one and three, and I think they'll prove that this weekend. Um, but let's get into the games this weekend. We've got 
a ridiculous Friday night game. Archer's Chrome. I think this game is going to be a lot more entertaining than people probably are giving it credit for. I know the Archers are just like absolutely disgusting in a league of their own. But, I, you know, I think this Chrome team coming off a, a big emotional win against the Whip Snakes in Baltimore on Sunday, they're going to want to try to build on that. Um, but I think it's going to be it's it's going to be a team effort to kind of put that Whip Snakes win in the past and and move forward. And now you've got the big bad dogs, the archers in your way uh, to kick off your, your double header weekend. What are you going to take away from this matchup? Hopefully. Uh, with Archer's Chrome, DJ. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform, discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts see if the archers are actually the team that everybody thinks they are now if they are the clear-cut favorite to win it all and are they going to come in and just completely wash away chrome like everyone is expecting them to but then again chrome as they call themselves are the men and they play like that every time they come out colin heacock is unbelievable he's come out of pretty much nowhere this year once he's settled in from his transfer over to the mll and they're getting shane jackson and once things start to come together, it's really going to come down to the defense, though. Can the defense stop that high-powered offense? Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference is, like, Chrome's got offense that they can, you know, use to go toe-to-toe with the Archers. I just think this Archers defense is so good. It's it's crazy to think that they're underrated or, like, under-talked about, but we don't talk about how good this Archers defense is. Between Matt McMahon, Graham Hosick, Warren Jeffrey – Jackson place when he's active, you know, you got Scott Ratliff as your pole. Like this, this team is ridiculous from top to bottom. That's not even including like the Dominiques, the, the Mark McNeil's, the Latrell Harris, like they are the most complete team in the league right now. And it's not even close. Nowhere near to close. Like, like you were just explaining. I think the best part about their team is honestly their D mids. If you can have great D-mids that are physical, they're able to get on a hip and drive them away, create turnovers, and then get out in transition and not only score goals but find goal scores, you make it too easy, especially when you take 20 yards out of the midfield. They score like crazy. I mean, they can honestly take everything out of the midfield because Adam Gittleman can score goals for you too. Like They, they have offense and defense all over the field. Grant Amen, you and I were texting over you know the weekend in Baltimore. Like Grant's the MVP right now. I don't think there's really much discussion about it, but like in our book, Grant's the MVP. There's no way he isn't. I mean, if 
you look at the stats, he's got 15 points, which is one point behind Rob Pinnell. That's obviously going to be broken this weekend. He's coming off two straight uh, games with six points apiece. And his, his team is high rolling right now with a 25 goal differential. And uh, what, 3 0 it is record? And they're only playing one game a week with a 25 goal differential. And he's got 15 points. He's averaging five a game. It's insane. It's ridiculous what he's been able to do to like build upon his rookie campaign. He makes every single player around him better. Um, he's like your your point guard that you want on a on a lacrosse field. Like he his vision is unmatched, and he sees every facet of the game in a split second. Like he he has no hesitation to take it to the dish himself. He'll distribute. Um, he's, he's a leader out there and he's 100% right now, the MVP of the league. Um, if we look at the, the odds right now, the archers get that, that two and a half goal spread favorite. Um, I mean, I feel like this is an obvious one, but I think this kind of translates now until we see them lose. You can't pick against the archers right now. They're just too hot and too consistent. Yeah, like, I mean, beyond consistent, like, that team is, it's honestly the best lacrosse team I've ever seen. The way they are put together, it all works, every piece. And I think even if you look at their faceoff, Tommy Kelly, who Bones has not been talked about at all this year, which I find is crazy because look at his team. They're 3-0, 25-goal differential. Don't and he's that. holding his own. Like they've played against some ridiculous faceoff guys, and Stephen Kelly's been able to just go toe to toe with guys like Jake Withers last week. He's gone toe to toe, you know, with the Chaos guys. He he got a bit of an advantage because they both have not played uh, consistently with PLL faceoff rules. And then he went toe to toe with Trevor Baptiste week one. Like he's not playing against slouches. Not even close to slouches. And, and yeah, he doesn't have this quote-unquote stats to show, but making those into-ground ball battles and not winning, letting them win it forward and create instant offense is also a part of the thing that helps this Archers team win. When you guys got, you know, Ryan Ambler or Dominic Alexander, Latrell Harris, Jared Conner, Scott Ratliff coming in to help you on a wing, you got pretty good chances of winning that ground ball. Yeah, I mean, you look at team faceoff percentage right now. Like, um, obviously, the Redwoods are in first place because TD is ridiculous. But it's Redwoods, Whipsnakes, and the Archers are in third, like tied for third with Atlas at fifty-four percent faceoff percentage. Like, that's a dream for this Archers team right now. Like, I'm sure they expected to be a little bit under fifty percent with just like the talent in the league right now, and especially bringing TD into the league. And sure, they haven't played the Redwoods yet, but for archers as a team to be at 54% face off wise that's like chris bates has to be salivating he has to be beyond salivating he's like thinking okay we're above 50% let's get that above 60 or 70 and i don't think anyone in the league beats us at this point now he his gears in his head are turning like crazy because he sees his puzzle pieces have come together and the full picture is there I know we're talking about the archers right now, but I'm looking at the team stats page. This stat blew my mind right now. 
the Redwoods penalty kill is 100% this year. I saw somebody tweet <laughs> out earlier this week, penalty kill, power play, and penalty kill at the greater than. And I mean, yeah, penalty kills for everyone have been insane this year. Not many people are scoring on the power play. Like, the Redwoods are 7 for 7 on the penalty kill, and they're 4 for 6 on the power play. Well, I mean, when you got Zed and Matt, you, you, you're going to score on the power play. Well, well that that's the, the Redwoods. So, like, you've got the, the dynamic trio of uh, RP3, Cav, you know, and then the midfield going off. Whipsnakes are only uh, Whipsnakes are four for eight, so they've had a couple more opportunities. But I'm shocked that like I'm sure part of that is probably from week one with the Redwoods playing two games. But that that penalty kill being a hundred percent is very impressive. I mean, the Archers are right behind them at eighty three percent. So this Archers team is just stupid. They are they're odds on favorites right now to win the championship on futures bets. We told you guys last week, get in on plus 300. They're plus 190 now. It was going to change. So hopefully you got the plus 300 bet in and uh, bet on the archers to win the championship uh, in a futures bet. But I'm intrigued to see how Bones Kelly matches up against Connor Farrell this weekend because it's that home field of, you know, game for, for Connor Farrell playing on Long Island. I, I want to see how Bones matches up and, and handles that pressure. If he can handle that pressure. Connor Farrell's a different man. And, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of his LIU post football homies are going to be there. His family's going to be there. He's the, That's a big game for him. He already plays with a lot of emotion, as you as you saw when him and uh, Joe Nards got into it last week. Mm-hmm. That, he, that's going to be a big test for Bones. I wouldn't even say for Bones. I think it's going to be a bigger test for the wing guys because I think Bones is going to do his job and make it scrappy, but they got to come in and help him and continue to win them more. It's going to be a long bet. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The wing play is definitely going to be something I watch this weekend in that matchup. Um, I'm very excited that the Saturday games are day games. Uh, Kind of get them out of the way early, and then we'll get to explore Long Island a little bit more at night. But first game is at... uh, 12 o'clock on Saturday. It's Redwoods Water Dogs. Two teams kind of like fighting for their identity almost, I would say. Uh, You know, you got RP3 leading the charge for the Redwoods. He's leading the league in points. They just need to figure out some things defensively, and RP3 just can't shoot like 16% in a game like he did last week. Um, I think this is a big bounce back game for the Redwoods. But I think the the fun matchup always is seeing how TD matches up against the new faceoff guy. TD versus Jake Withers. That's, you know, get your popcorn ready. Let's watch that go down. I think the biggest issue that this Redwoods team has had, as opposed to last year in the bubble, is like you don't want to rely on two bombs. But it seems like across the league, they're still it's still very much down in terms of like two-point shots going in. They relied heavily on Sergio making those two bombs last year, and it just seems like teams are shutting that opportunity down for him. If they can get him cooking from outside the arc, I think the Redwoods will have a field day against this Water Dogs defense that hasn't really lived up to the expectations I think they've 
kind of had going into the season, especially after trading for Eli Gobrecht. He's really been Mr. Consistent for them. The rest of that Water Dogs defense is going to have to step up if they want to shut down this Redwoods, you know, just offensive juggernaut that they have on paper. Well, I don't I think they should use Serge as a decoy. Run him, mm. run him as the dodging mid. Have Jules fill in behind them. Then you have Miles on the backside. You bang it through X with Rob and you hit Miles on the backside or you got something inside with Ryder or you can do a two-man game with Matt. Like, I mean, there's so many more options if you kind of use Surge as a decoy. And Ryan Lee's back this week, too. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's great inside. So it's like, you know, they're going to pay a lot of attention to Surge in the two points. So use it to your advantage. I think Ryan Lee being back is going to help RP3 a ton. They've had like instant chemistry, which is like crazy to think about because haven't really played much together, if at all, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if they were together in the MLL at all. Um, but like they feed off of each other perfectly. And I think missing him last week was an adjustment that Rob had to make. Um, it's going to be, I'm intrigued, especially since he had a, a quality game last week, how Nat continues to integrate Ryder into this offense. I think he's got to dodge him a little bit more too. Um, I think that's why he had a really good, a really great year last year in the bubble. He got, he dodged a lot. Mm-hmm. He was a very much um, one of the main initiating dodgers in the bubble for us. That's his game. You got to let him dodge, let him get going. And then when people start to overcompensate for him going to the rack, he finds everyone. Yeah, I mean, this Redwoods team is way too talented on paper to only be averaging 11 points a game. That's unreal. Like, <laughs> what? Like, they're way too good. Up top with Cav, RP3, Ryan Lee, Ryder. And then in the midfield, that's very offensive with Miles, Sergio, Jules to be only averaging 11 goals, like 11 points a game. That's just, that seems like a, a stat that will be broken at some point. It's one of those just like weird off stats that they just haven't been able to generate enough offense for whatever reason, which is so strange because their face off has improved so much from last year with TD that you would expect like winning those ground ball games, getting the advantage off the wing and everything that this team would be able to generate points. And it just hasn't come outside of week one. Yeah. I think they're, they're slowing it down too much. Mm -hmm. They're not running it in transition enough. And like, I get it. You know, you got RP three, arguably one of the greatest lacrosse quarterbacks of all time, but sometimes you got to run it. Like, let Jack Near take it. Let Jack Near take it to the rack. I mean, if there's nothing there for him, then he'll move it. But I feel like they just get it to the attack and settle down so quickly. Before we talk about the Water Dogs, can we talk about RP3 being on American Ninja Warrior? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> what, what a moment. Like, obviously, he didn't get past too many of the obstacles. But uh, RP3 on American Ninja Warrior with the Redwoods t-shirt was electric. And it came out of nowhere. Literally, it was just like a tweet and was like, somebody's going to be on American Ninja Warriors. Tonight. Right. You're like, what? I was like, when did they do this? I was uh, I was hoping he was going to get further. Because could you imagine if he qualified for like the next round during the PLL season? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
this week, Rob Pinnell won't be playing for the Redwoods. He has to uh, go to the first round of American Ninja Warrior. Rob Pinnell's been placed on the restricted list for reasons out of his control. <laughs> Those reasons being, <laughs> he's climbing a mountain to ring a buzzer on American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> or is the guy who does, who is the, uh, oh God, I got to look up who. The broadcast guy is. <laughs> Available to play in the PLL this week because he's got to climb the wall on American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> I really hope that one, the Redwoods give us a game that like they won't be pissed off in the post game and that RP three is available for media availability so that I can just ask him about American Ninja Warrior. Yes. Somebody <laughs> needs to ask him about that. I need that. Like I need oxygen. And if they win, it'll be that much easier to ask him about it because they'll be in a good mood. Yes. <laughs> We won't get we won't get one of those uh, Bill Belichick responses when he was at the first Patriots. <laughs> well, <laughs> they asked him about lacrosse. Atlas won <laughs> this past weekend, and Ben Rubio didn't even like give us enough time to like formulate a question. He was like, "Oh, no questions," and just walked out of the press conference. <laughs> he said, "These are the types of press conferences I love." Thanks, guys. I was like, this is so you. It is so Ben Rubio. Wow. I was like, this is perfect. Because uh, I also need to ask Nat about Rob being on American Ninja Warrior and how much of a heart attack he was having. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine Nat watching the entire thing. <laughs> Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Balls. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, it was in the water. Okay, we're good. Can you swim, Rob? <laughs> oh man, what do you what are you what are you looking for from this Water Dogs team? Though speaking of water, um, because they seem like a team that's so up and down that they still are kind of trying to find themselves. And the biggest thing I've taken away from four games of watching them this year is that if Ryan Brown's cooking, they win, and if Ryan Brown gets shut down by opposing defense. They lose. They got to find that wheel that works, whatever. If it's going to be Ryan Brown, get him cooking right away. Run the two-man game or let him dodge with a lot of space. Whatever gets him cooking immediately, go with it. Yeah, because in Atlanta, we saw him thriving, and the Water Dogs come away with a 2-0 and weekend. And in Boston and Baltimore, they just look completely lost on offense and couldn't get Ryan Brown involved to where it would have had an impact. And now they're two and two and trying to figure out, you know, what they want to do as a team. I think they're an interesting team across the board, um, but they need to figure out their offensive game plan more than anything. Like I think their defense will figure itself out. Um, and that's just like them playing together. But 
the offense needs to not be so one dimensional and rely on it to just be run through Ryan Brown the entire time, because that's how teams get beat week in and week out in this league is relying on one guy to be your offense. And that's exactly what they're doing right now. And it shows. And that's why they're two and two. Oh, a hundred percent. Like how do you have a team that has Drew Snyder, Ben Reese, Ben McIntosh, Ryan Brown, and all these guys aren't going at the same time. Yeah. I want to see Michael Krause more involved. Like I need him to allow Ryan Brown to play like on the wings up top and let Michael Krause kind of distribute from X while Michael Sowers is still out because like people forget how talented Michael Krause is. Like he was selected first round, both drafts last year, decided to play MLL. Um, and then a lot of people just forgot about him. Like, and the PLL tried to like men in black brain wipe everybody about him because as soon as he signed with the MLL, they deleted all of like their graphics involving Michael Krause and everything. I was like, Oh, okay. It's like that. Um, but I, I want to see him get going more because he has the talent and I want to see like how he fits into Andy tower or Andy Copeland. I'm sorry, his offense and like what they want to do, uh, in terms of just like kind of reshaping this offense from last year. And if not, like when Michael Sowers comes back, Michael Krause potentially becomes like a trade chip for them. A hundred percent. But also I'm, I'm looking at their stats. They're not shooting the ball. No. Ben Reese has 10 shots. McCardle 11. Krause 11. Courier 18. Conrad 5. Snyder 6. Snyder only has one goal. Conrad 2. Connor Kelly 2. Michael Krause 1. Uh, Karen McCarlow too. Like, what, what are we doing here? They have the second worst, or no, sorry, third worst team shooting percentage in the league at 27%. And that's only behind Atlas and Whipsnakes. Whipsnakes have the worst shooting percentage as a team in the league. And yet they're still... I think it, it got derailed a bit in that second game on Sunday, but water dogs only shooting 27% is not excuse. There's no excuse for that. It's completely dismal. And the other, the other team stat that, you know, they need to fix is Dylan Ward's only got 42% save percentage. You you can't leave him out to dry. And that's where I I need the water dogs defense. If they want to compete this year, you know, Right now they're in the playoffs, but like if you want to make noise and, and play spoiler in the playoffs, you need to play defense in front of Dylan Ward. You can't just rely on like his reputation as an all-world goalie to do everything for you because it's the same situation as Blaze. And Dylan Ward is a much different goalie than Blaze is. Like Blaze is just like reinventing the goalie position in professional lacrosse. Dylan Ward's a fantastic goalie. Like he's absurd but you can't just like not play defense in front of them you can't let guys come in and just rain down shots on dylan ward yeah there's no sense of urgency no sense of physicality really from the water dogs defense to want to keep people out of the paint or to want to create turnovers like or at least want to go score a point create a ground ball go score a point get pumped up rylan reese is the only pole that's done anything offensively for that team if anybody knows, the team gets going when a pole goal happens. Facts. Like, 
to put it in perspective, we've talked about how like up and down and very inconsistent chaos his defense has been. Blaze has a 60% save percentage. <laughs> On 68 saves. Water Dogs always have, as a team have made 33 saves and at a 42% clip. Like, because I don't think any other goalie has played for the what yeah it's all Dylan Ward stats wise DeLuca hasn't come into a game so that puts it in perspective like where Blaze has that ability to make the butterfly saves and he's he's just in a league of his own you got to protect Dylan Ward you can't leave your goalie out to dry and I need to see more from the water dogs defense this weekend um around Eli Gobrecht and and figure it out like that's the biggest thing for this water dogs team is they are a team that is in desperate need to f- just figure it out i think he should throw matt deluca in there just as one give dylan ward a break and kind of just a hey don't forget there's somebody behind you and then two also just they've been switching that defense around a lot pick three guys and tell them figure it out their defense is very similar to chaos's offense it's like Eli is their their Josh Byrne, and then everything else around it has been like a revolving door. And it's just like you got to just pick three guys that are going to play close and tell them to figure it out. Let them get some chemistry together. Let them work things out, and, and you'll be solid. But changing your three guys down low every week doesn't, doesn't help a lot. Yeah. The quote-unquote nightcap, the second game on Saturday is Cannons Chaos. Both teams one and three. Kind of disrespectful that Coach Quirk released Tommy Kelly right before the revenge game. <laughs> uh, but again, these are two teams looking like in must-win mode. Um, I think more so Cannons than Chaos because Chaos can look to build off the win from last week. But Cannons are a team that like... After week one, we were like, wow, like this team is much better than we expected. And then last week against Atlas, they held Lyle Thompson goalless for the first time since 2016. To get the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetInTheWholePod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah, which I don't think will happen this week. And it's very unfortunate that we won't get the that we don't get the Lyle versus Miles matchup because Miles is on the holdout list. So that's a bummer, but Cannons are a team that defensively they talk about a team that needs to pick it up defensively it's Kent. yeah yeah like they they've all they played pretty decent the first two weeks and then they just let Je- jeff t have a day to himself <laughs> wow what a day you know i you can't let that happen for one and just they gotta just close it it's small things too they just gotta do the small things and that's what's what's getting them if they do the small things they'll look in really good shape they're getting bit in the ass by like these one goal games that like good teams are able to overcome that and, and find ways to win those one goal games. Like they lost by one goal to the Redwoods opening weekend. And then they went out and they obliterated the water dogs on the Sunday. 
they lost overtime, one goal game against Whip Snakes, and then one goal game again. Like that's their three losses is all one goal games. And like, I, and I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's the defense, if they're not winning enough at the faceoff X, if the offense is. It's the faceoffs. <laughs> you say it's faceoffs, but I look back, and Andrew Q missed. Three wide open goals. That too. The offense threw a couple away that day. Defense had a couple questionable goals they gave up. It's like, it, what part of your team actually needs the most addressing? Because, I mean, as a team, 2021 stats, like we talked about chaos and their struggles at faceoff, they're only winning as a team 33%. Cannons are only winning 36%. And they have two guys even if you want to count now Peyton Smith, like they have two guys who have PLL experience taking faceoffs, and they're still only winning under 40% where chaos is rolling out two guys who have like little to no PLL faceoff experience. That's a big problem. Um, you know, they're also leaving Nick Morocco out to dry. Like he gave up 18 goals against Atlas and had 18 saves. Like you can't have your goalie facing 36 shots like that. Ever. It's it's not good. Ever. Unless your offense is down there putting up seventy shots a game. Yeah. Like I, I don't think it is. Which I mean that offense has the ability to the way that they're playing. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, but they're not. No. And you can't rely on five guys to just be your offense, which is what this Cannons team has done. It's been Q, Drenner, Lyle, Stephen Reefus, and Paul Rabel. And when one guy gets shut down, who is arguably best player on the planet, they lose again. Imagine if Lyle just has one goal in that game. It goes to overtime. Who knows what happens? Like Hindsight's twenty twenty, but you can't go into a game and rely on just five guys to be your offense. And that's really what it's been for this Cannons team all season. Like You've had a couple here and there from other guys, but for the most part, like their offense has just been those five guys, and if they're not all going they lose yeah and and i don't know where he can pull for the extra guys but he's got to do something to shake it up and and get something in there reese Hetty is doing a good job in the transition game and and providing a little bit of a spark but he's got to figure out how to get whatever else offense he has on his bench involved yeah because i mean it's not even like their defense is playing badly either. Like the the Cannons defense has forty seven caused turnovers. Like they're doing well defensively there. It's the the goals against average. They're giving up thirteen scores a game, which is second worst in the league, just in front of Atlas, who give up fourteen a game. Like defensively they need to just figure out like how to I think the biggest thing is like they're not getting back in the transition game either like they're up top ready to score and they just don't get back quick enough when there are turnovers and that's been a, a big thing for them I'm looking at the, the scores against average <laughs> Archer scores against average five and a half <laughs> that's unreal that's insane that just seems like un un impossible unfathomable 
like that and and a 25 goal differential like where is this team from the moon <laughs> have to be have to be and like the cannons have the second most ground balls or no third most ground balls in the league behind whip snakes and atlas with 142 ground balls like getting the ground balls even though the faceoffs aren't there you should be able to create a lot more i would i would not be surprised if we see a lot of two bomb attempts from the cannons this week it seems like they're kind of finding their way outside the arc paul rabel's hitting two bombs like come on (laughs) come on (laughs) that was a rocket i texted you when it happened i said rabel all caps with the exploding head emoji and I couldn't believe that he ripped that. It was disgusting. And I was sad because the stream was a little slow. <laughs> you're like, I'll wait and see. And then you're like, what? Yeah, it still dropped my job. He <laughs> spoiled it, even though you told me. No way he would have spoiled it. Um, so, I, yeah, Cannons, kind of like the Water Dogs, need to figure their defense out big time this weekend. Chaos offensively, I'm excited to see Chase Frazier. Um, his first PLL action should happen this week. The biggest thing I take away from that is you now have four guys who play in the NLL together with Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, Chase Frazier, Ian McKay, all suiting up for this chaos team. Chemistry is there. Use those four guys. Andy Towers, use those four guys together as much as you can. I would not even hate if we see Dane Smith bump up to attack and have Dane and, and Chase on the wings with Josh playing at X and just go full-blown like NLL style and and create that way. Like you have no other team in the league has that. You have four guys that play together year round now on yeah. one team. Take advantage of it. I think he needs to let Troy Ray be Troy Ray and slide Ian back over to attack. And if he's got to pick LSM up or off the waiver wire, uh, whatever these crazy rosters are, or trade <laughs> for one, whatever he's got to do, do that. I think that'll help the offense out a lot too. Get get another guy up in the midfield to help with the, the spacing and, and shooting and just everything. I don't think chaos is getting enough shots up either. Yeah, they need to figure out their shot creation. They need to just be loose. Like Kyle Jackson looks great. Like. Keep letting him play the way he is. He looks loose. He looks like he's ready to just roll at any given time, even if there's one second on the shot clock. Um, just like they need to just like they look so tense out there early in games. Like they need to just go out feeling loose. And that's the way they played in 2019. That's the way they played in the playoffs in the bubble. Like, don't go out like feeling like there's this immense pressure, even though there is. Um you, you can't go out there with that on your shoulders. Otherwise, you're just going to, like, crumble. And then you have to reset again, and it's like playing, like, two games in one, and you're having, like, mental warfare against yourself. They need to get um, those ultimate all-reds going. Look good, feel good, play good. Facts. I think that might be something. Is it, I don't know. Maybe that might help. They're not feeling good when they step out, so they're playing tense. Yeah. Hopefully they – they figure something out offensively. Looking forward to uh, the boy Chase Frazier's debut. The one game that everybody had circled that was going to be 4th of July fireworks. 
seems like it's going to be a dud almost um, just because of injuries. No Matt Rambo this weekend. Zed Williams, questionable. No Connor Curse. Whip Snakes, Archers. Again, <laughs> until the Archers lose, you can't pick against them right now. As crazy as that sounds, playing against those Whip Snakes team who's coming off their first loss since August 25th of 2019 and probably has a, a bad taste in their mouth and want to go out and prove, like, hey, we can bounce back after a loss. Like, it doesn't matter. I just don't know how you can pick against the Archers the way they're playing. Like, they move the ball so smoothly that, like, I'm very intrigued to see how the Whipsnakes defense versus Archers offense matchup goes because even though we saw this matchup last year in the bubble, like, going into the playoffs, and the Archers kind of, like, crumbled near the end, they're a much different team. They look way smoother on offense right now. Grant has vision on a hundred. Like he's just seeing everything. I'm very intrigued to see how that matchup. This is going to be outside of the injuries. Like defensive, like Whipsnake's defense versus Archer's offense is going to be championship preview. I just want to know the matchups. Starting mm-hmm. who? That is all I've actually been thinking about this week. Is who do you put on Grant? Who do you put on Grant? But then, okay, you say you put. Do you Matt put Dunn. Matt Dunn on Grant? So now you got who on Marcus and who on Will? So you got Bryce Young on one of those two. But which one? Who gets the pole? Who gets the who gets pole? who gets the Earhart draw? Schreiber, right? Pass Probably. Right? Okay, like kind of feels dodge on right. <laughs> whatever shorty you decide to throw out there. Since you ain't got Connor Curse or Jake Bernard. It's probably gonna be Camizio, right? I guess. Or no, he's on he's yeah, with he's Chrome. Right. He left Whipsnakes and went to Chrome. Max uh I gotta look at the Whipsnakes roster actually. Max Abbott? Okay, buddy. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. That's goals all day. Um Brady Claire in his debut. You gonna let him dodge on a shorty? All right. Or, or, okay, you pull Connor Fields. You'll, who do you put? So it'll be Jake Bernhardt will get one of the – probably one. one of Will Manny or Marcus. And then you put Matt Dunn on Grant. You put Bryce Young on the one that you don't put Jake Bernhardt on. So Jake will be playing more of a defensive midi style than he probably even more so than he already does and then tim muller will get somebody yeah yeah do you think Ooh, do they even start those three colin squires has been playing pretty well it's like do you trust putting a rookie on tom schreiber on connor fields (laughs) Like, Chris Bates has to be sitting, like, in his office right now, in his house, just, like, fucking Mr. Burns, like, from The Simpsons. Just, like, this is, like, a dream come true. 100% a dream come true. (laughs) Like, I mean, you have teams scratching their head before the game, during the game, after the game, three days after the game. Like, what just happened? Right. Because they've had two games where they've literally just blown opponents out. Last week against the Water Dogs, and then 
week one against Atlas. They just blew the doors off of them. And then kind of a more down-to-earth game against uh, Chaos, where they only put up 12, but they held Chaos to eight goals. so Or eight points, I should say. They're just... They're in a league of their own. Like, it's the Archers, everybody else, which is wild to think about. It's so wild to think about. They were a team last year, the first year who won the first overall pick, and then second year did okay, but not really. Showed they had talent, but kind of were just lost out there. Kind of were like, ah. It was like they had the talent, but they didn't have enough, like, sustainability. Yeah, we're playing, but we ain't got enough, really. And they got Connor Fields, and I guess it all just clicked in. Adam Gittleman came from I don't know where. I think that's been the biggest thing, too, is them not doing the two-goalie thing anymore and just Mm -hmm. letting Gittleman play has been the biggest, like, thing I've taken notice of with this Archers team. Like, it doesn't change the momentum that they have from one half to another. I promise you they listen to OTB because it, it was after I said they got to stop the two goalie stuff and there it was. Adam Gittleman played the whole game, had a great game, and the next week scores three points. And Like you could talk about him as an MVP candidate. Uh, yeah, at this point. Like <laughs> leading leading the league in save percentage with, I think it's 70. And yeah, just below, like he—he's the all-time leading scoring goalie in field lacrosse history. Unreal, unreal. Like, is that good? This somersault. This somersault. So good. <laughs> Best celebration I've seen on field. He's—he's <laughs> he's just like thriving. He's having fun, and I think that's like the biggest thing. Like this Archers team is just going out there, like total opposite of chaos. Like they're just having fun. They're loose. And uh, I think they, I think they're just can keep rolling. I think it's crazy to think like after this weekend, this Archers team could be five and zero. I mean, it's not. Crazy. It's not, but like on paper, seeing five and zero. Yeah. At this point in the season, is like damn. Especially yeah. in this league with like all the talent that there is, it's like holy shit. Like and how, like how do it. Whip Snake's going to have two losses in one season. <laughs> back to back. That's, I think, the crazier thing. Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. Or 
the betting odds are pretty crazy. That's not. Yeah, the odds are a little strange. Like the archers are minus one and a half on the spread. The over under in this game is twenty seven and a half. <laughs> under. <laughs> <laughs> And then money line archers are the favorite at minus one twenty five. That's like that seems like free money, especially if Rambo's not playing. Yeah, and so is the cover for the or the no cover. No way are the Witch Snakes going to cover at one and a half. Yeah, where is this offense coming from that they're expecting them to have? Like they just, I guess DraftKings hashtag not a sponsor is assuming Zed's playing. But we don't know. Is he healthy? Like, on Sunday after the game, Stag said that Zed was 50%, and that's why he didn't play. So, we'll see if he's healthy enough. But if I'm him, if I'm Staggs, I'd rather keep Zed out of this game, especially since Rambo's not playing. You're not going to have Connor Curse. Like, you're, you're down a bunch of guys. Let yep. Zed get back to as close to 100% as possible. And, you know, Whipsnakes don't play. They play one game next week in Minnesota. So, like, give Zed an opportunity to get, like, a full week of rest on top of, like, not playing the second game of a doubleheader from last week. And then after Minnesota, you're on a bye week for the all-star game essentially. So it's not like full game action. And then after the all-star game, you're on a bye until for the whip snakes, they don't play again after Minnesota, the whip snakes don't play again until July 31st. So like if I'm stags, I give Zed this time off. I might even not like hold him out of Minnesota. Let him recover. See how he is going into Minnesota. Maybe you play him. But if you can give Zed almost like a full month off to recover, <laughs> that seems more than ideal for a team that's trying to win three straight championships. He definitely should because um, I'm thinking their next two games outside of the All-Star break are Archers-Redwoods. and he's gonna. Pull, you know that Redwoods game is going to get scrappy. And he's going to pull Graham Hasek and Eddie Glazner. Like, mm-hmm not going to be fun for him. And if a switch happens, like you're going to get Garrett Apple on you, like have fun. That's <laughs> not ideal for a guy who's not a hundred percent. And like yeah. Zed's one of the top three players in the league. Like you want him healthy at, at as close to a hundred percent as possible. And I would rather keep him out this week, especially like the heat, the rain, because there's rain in the forecast. Like, you don't want anything crazy, like, situation to happen, like, freak stuff. I would keep Zed out this week if I'm Stags. Yeah, you don't want that Archer's defense beating up on him. Any pull that gets on him is not not going to take it lightly. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and then the final game of 4th of July weekend, 315 Chrome Atlas. We get a good face-off matchup to end the weekend. Trevor Baptiste against Connor Farrell. Um, like we said on our recap episode, I'm pretty sure Atlas listened to the podcast during practice. So what up guys? Um, (laughs) I, I'm excited for this game. I don't know who's going to win. 
that this game is the most unpredictable matchup of the weekend, I'd say, because these two teams are eerily similar in so many ways. And Atlas are literally like a jack in the box. They, you can turn the crank as much as you want, but you don't know when that clown's going to pop out of the jack in the box. And you don't know when Atlas are going to, you know, go out and rampage and, and be on a tear like they were this past weekend. And you don't know when they're kind of going to be showing that they're a young team. Yeah, 100%. They have some some leadership problems is probably what I would, would chalk it up to. They and I don't even know if it's problems. It's, it's just they don't really have, like, I, outside of, like, Brent Adams, they don't really have a lot of, like, grizzled, like, been there done that type of veterans on the team it's so many young guys that like they're all getting these experiences together which is a good thing long term for this team it's just they don't have a guy who's like been through the trenches a ton and they're relying on just kind of like taking this week by week and and learning together um which i don't hate i I think it's a long-term like benefit for this team across the board. Um, you know, you have Eric law there. That's your, you've been there, done that guy. But outside of Eric law, it's a lot of, you know, young guys on this team. I'm looking at their roster right now, like Eric and Mark Cockerton's new to the league. So like, yes, he's a veteran, but like he's new to the, the roster, new to the locker room. Um, those two guys are, let's see. So they have, Cockerton, Eric Law, Brent Adams, and that is it for guys that are 30 years old. Everybody else on the roster is under 30. That's kind of young. Like, I mean, that's super young. That's really young. Like, their main guys are, or I'm sorry, Tucker Durkin's also 30. So, like, you got four guys that are. 30 years old. Mark Cockerton's new to the team. Um, like Dan Bucaro, 23 years old. Jeff Teat, 24 years old. Jake Carraway, 23 years old. Uh, Costa Beals, 23. Romar's 25. Like they're super young. John Crawley's 26. Joel Tinney's 26. Jake Richards, 27. Um, Danny Logan's 23. Michael Rexroad's 25. Cade's 24. Um, Craig Chick's 24. Trevor's 25. Like, they're super young. Kincannon's 25. They, they're just a, a ragtag group of young bulls. And I don't hate that. It's just a matter of, like, Eric Law stepping up and being like, yo, let's, let's just go ride. Let's, let's defy the odds. Let's prove everybody wrong and, and keep this thing rolling. And, like, they have guys that are young that have been in the league all three years of the PLL existence, like Trevor, Romar, like, guys that have taken their, their battle scars through this league and been there for the tough times of this Atlas squad. Um, I'm just intrigued to see how they match up against this Chrome team that finally got that burden of no winning, like, not winning off of their back. And can they build upon that even though they still have a shit ton of injuries? 
yeah, they got to get Justin Gutterding going for sure. That's a problem that they're having. Um, it was nice to see Colin Heacock have a good weekend last weekend and, and come out and do some things for them in their win. John Galloway had a pretty good game as well. Um, but also looking at the Atlas team, their defense is playing pretty good. I mean, Cade Van Rappahorst, Michael Rex Road, um, you know, Tucker Durkin, they have a pretty good defense. And But I think Jack Kincannon's got to get going himself. I think he's kind of what's holding the Atlas back. Mm-hmm. They're giving up 14 goals a game. And, you know, looking at how their defense is playing, it's not all on the defense. Jack's got to step it up a little bit. I don't know how the defense can help him with that, but or if it's a whole team thing or if it's a him thing, whatever. They got to get him going, though, and I think they'll be in much better shape because, I mean, their offense is starting to click with Jeff T being added, a little bit more movement. Costa Beal looks fantastic. He looks fantastic. Trevor's always going to do his thing at the faceoff X. And I forgot to mention this, but um, I don't know how Bones is going to do against uh, Joe Norris. It's He's going to be it's doubleheader, his first doubleheader, too. Yeah. That's going to be interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see how Connor Farrell plays in his doubleheader against Trevor. Mm-hmm. His first doubleheader. But he yeah. is going to be a factor. Hopefully Connor's not drinking milk. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, they're – they're both coming off of a game on Friday against each other. Right. Face-off guys. And then they have to go and play against two other great face-off guys on Sunday. That's that's going to be it's tough. Um, yeah, I, I'm. this might be like end up being game of the weekend. Um, just from an intrigue standpoint, like you have two teams that like they're still figuring things out. They've got young electric exciting players um i'm i don't know if your your theory will carry over where if chrome loses on friday if they'll lose again on sunday but i'm i'm very excited for this game more so than i think i was three weeks ago after seeing the way atlas played in baltimore my theory has been broken a few times now so atlas lost friday and then won on sunday (laughs) And the whip stinks. Yeah. Won on Friday and lost on Sunday. That theory don't exist anymore. <laughs> Friday games mean nothing anymore. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of tired soreness. So let's look at our. Uh, let's get into our picks of the week that you guys will see on social at OTB Laxpod. So the gambling picks. Uh, first game: Chrome Archers. Chrome are plus two and a half on the spread, making Archers minus two and a half. Obviously. The over-unders, 25 and a half. And then the money line, Cromer plus 290. Archers are minus 400. Um, I think you got to roll with the Archers minus two and a half there. Even though, like, Chrome's going to have the ability to score and kind of keep up. I just think the Archers will have enough firepower throughout the entirety of the game to to cover. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're just too complete to not to not cover that gap. And it's only two and a half. Like that's, that's nothing for them. They can do that in the blink of an eye. They've won every game by more than two and a half. So you don't have a 25 goal differential. You yeah. Three goals. Uh, first game on Saturday, water dogs, Redwoods, Redwoods are minus one and a half on the spread. The over under is 22 and a half. And then the money line, Redwoods are minus two fifty. water dogs plus one ninety. I don't hate Redwoods minus one and a half. 
but I feel like the safe bet is the over. Because I think goals are going to fly in this game. That's 100% what I was going to say. With the way the Redwoods have been playing, I don't... As a fan, I don't even know if I want to put the money on the money line or or the gap. Like, I'll just take the over because, I mean, we're going to score. Dylan yeah. Moore, he can save, but he hasn't been saving a lot. And Water dogs have the ability to score. Mikey Swasser ain't going to be held goalless, I'll tell you that. Ryan Brown, I think, is going to find his way. He'll get his. Oh, don't be saying that. <laughs> we talked about this earlier. That man doesn't get one. He gets five or more every time. It's like he scores one, and then it immediately just goes to five. Like, there's no two, three, four. It's just, no. oh, he's got five. He's got five. It's just done immediately. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I like the over 22 and a half there. Uh, the second game, Chaos Cannons. Cannons are minus one and a half um, at plus odds there. It's minus one and a half, but it's plus 120 odds on the spread. Uh, the over-under is 24 and a half. I think I love the over in this game. Uh, and then Cannons are minus 186 on the money line. Chaos plus 145 on the money line. I kind of like chaos to cover. You think so? I I, I don't know why, <laughs> but I feel like the one and a half is like it's doable for them. I'm I'm taking taking Cannon's money line. This is yeah. I, I like Cannon's money line, but I like chaos to cover, and I love the over. I definitely I think love goals will fly in this game. I don't know if I can count on Chaos to cover. Yeah, Cannons have been running a little inconsistent on defense, but I think their offense is going to overpower and they're just going to run off of that. I don't think I don't think the Chaos defense has anything that they can do to throw. I also don't hate Cannons to cover, with it being plus odds. No, I don't. I don't. But I love the over in this game. The over is a definite bet, 100%. Yeah. That's, that's easy money there. Fourth of July games, Archers, Whip Snakes. Archers are minus one and a half at plus odds, plus 145. Uh, the over under is 27 and a half. And then, like we said earlier, the Archers are minus 125 on the money line. Whip Snakes are minus 103. I like Archers to cover. I like the under. And I like the Archers to win. Archers will easily win and cover. The under is, it's not even a question. It's way too high. Like if Rambo and Zed are confirmed playing, sure, take the over. But Rambo's out. Connor Kirst is out, and he's been playing well when he's in there. And Zed's a question mark right now. So unless the Archers somehow find a way to, like, unlock, like, the Da Vinci code of beating the Whipsnakes defense... I don't see how there's 28 goals in this game. Yeah, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. If there's any offense out there that could probably break the code, it's the Archers. And if they do, then we'll see an onslaught of goals, and this will be like a 23-5 game or something like that. And this is one of those things, too, where like the Archers, this is their first doubleheader of the season. You don't know how they're going to recover from, from Friday night. That that plays into my theory that the under hits here. Um but I like the Archers minus one and a half at plus money. I think that's a delicious free money pick. Too easy. Uh, and then the final game of the weekend, Atlas Chrome. 
Atlas are minus one and a half at plus odds at plus 115. The over under is 25 and a half. And then the Atlas are minus 118 on money line. Chrome are minus 108. I I like Atlas to cover. The cover is definitely there, and I think that's about the end of my guessing on this game. Because I think I like the over too. I think the goals are gonna fly in this game. Between Heacock, I think Gutty will get his being on Long Island, um, and then Caraway, Jeff T. Costa Beal. I think Romar will have some. I think the over. The essentially, if you break it down, the over is both teams scoring thirteen goals. I don't hate that. I don't at all. Looking at all of the offensive firepower, they have decent defenses, but I don't know. I thinking of it that way. I. I could see this being a 15-13 or a 16-14 game. Especially if Chrome can just get into Kincannon's head a bit and and kind of mess him up, Um, which we've seen. We've seen teams take advantage of that where there's been entire games, there's been quarters where Kincannon is just off. And I think if Heacock can build off of Sunday in Baltimore to carry it over to this weekend, I think that's a massive development for the Chrome's offense with all the injuries they have. And if they can just keep it rolling, that's the thing that they need to do most is just stay consistent and work with what works. They have to, like they, they got to find that stride that works for them. Find those guys that get them going and, and rock with it. Because at this point, you know, a loss in the coming weeks is not good. Yeah. So I think uh, our consensus is archers win on Friday. Redwoods win on Saturday. Cannons win on Saturday over Chaos. Archers beat Whip Snakes, and Atlas beat Chrome. I don't know. Ugh, that game is so tough. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on Atlas beating Chrome. I would bet on on the over and the spread. Yeah, I'm but betting the over there. If I had to pick one, I'm gonna go Atlas. The mm-hmm. offense seems to have just a little bit more firepower. I'd go Atlas Moneyline Chrome to cover. Yes. Although I don't hate I, I, that game is tough. Don't bet on that game. There's my takeaway. Bingo. <laughs> Stay away from that game. Please. Uh, yeah. So those are our gambling uh, breakdowns there. Let's wrap up with the NLL expansion draft. The results are in, and Panther City Lacrosse Club has members of their roster uh so 13 guys were taken and then a few trades happened we'll go through the picks and then uh just talk about a couple of the guys that stood out um so first player in panther city lacrosse club history matt hosick from the saskatchewan rush he's played four years for saskatchewan uh 12 goals 26 assists picked up 216 loose balls and caused 50 turnovers for them you know, TK being their head coach, he's a defensive first guy going defense from uh, a dynasty type of franchise like the Rush made total sense. I love them going Matt Hosick there. And then I loved him flipping 
pick number two going offense with a young kind of unproven guy in terms of the box game. Charlie Kitchen from the former New England Black Wolves, now Albany Firewolves, uh, South Jersey kid. So shout out to my my South Jersey peeps. Went to the University of Delaware. Uh, he's one of two players in University of Delaware program history ranked inside the top 10 in goals, assists, and points. Um, so he's an exciting young prospect. The The Firewolves drafted him uh, in this past college draft in the NLL. So massive pickup, I think, there. And I think he's going to carve out uh, a big role in this offense for Panther City. And then my heart was broken because the third pick came from the Philadelphia Wings. Liam Burns gets sniped, played for TK when he was in Philly. Um, he's a monster. Uh, the Wings will definitely miss him. Thankfully, Paul Day has built a juggernaut roster defensively that they'll be able to pick up the slack there. Um, so I think, uh, you know, this is going to be a big year for him. You know, he's been a standout field player, plays for the Water Dogs, uh, jumped over to the NLL, and he was uh, he's Marquette's all-time leader in ground balls with 218 and caused 102 uh, turnovers in his time at Marquette. He's 28 years old. I think he's a guy that you can make as like a cornerstone defensive guy, uh, and pairing him up with Matt Hosick I think was a, a smart move by TK, so I love that pick. Pick number four kind of surprised me but it makes a lot of sense he's a face of a franchise type guy they went and got connor kelly from the riptide he's going down to texas i love this pick like i think connor kelly's box game is so untapped and he's just getting started uh he had 65 loose balls for new york last season scored 24 goals and 32 assists uh over 19 games between his two nll seasons with san diego new york I think the biggest thing for Connor Kelly is just finally getting some consistency in a, a one place to play. And uh, I think he's going to be with Panther city for a while. So I, I like this pick for them there. Then they go and get their first goalie, Nick Damude from the San Diego seals. Um, he was San Diego's backup uh, for one year. He's a young guy. Um, he's only 22. So like goalies in the NLL, if you have a, a good goalie, you are thriving like that is the key to success is having a good consistent goalie and if they're young it's even better um so i love this pick for uh panther city there to go get damn you to give him an opportunity to be a starting goalie in this league then they go get patrick dodds from the calgary roughnecks he was the 21st overall pick in last season's draft so he hasn't played in the nll yet he's 19 years old he's 6'3 212 pounds um, this is like one of those like impressive, like young prospects, like to have a 19 year old come in and be on your roster right away. That's just like a coach's dream. And, uh, you get, uh, a 21st overall pick in the drafts for free. Like you gotta, you gotta be happy with that as pick number six. Then Sam Clare was the pick from the Vancouver Warriors, adding more defense, he got into eight games with Vancouver last year. He scored twice, had eight assists, 30 loose balls. Um, he used to play forward, so he switched to defense um, three years before being drafted. So there's still a lot of potential there. Uh, he's also part of England's national team. So very fun prospect. I like Sam Clare a lot, and I think 
with consistent playing time, uh, he's he's going to be a very intriguing prospect for Panther City. Then they go get Liam Patton. So Liam Burns and Liam Patton are reunited. They played together in Philadelphia. Um, he got into five games as a rookie for Buffalo. Um, went back to Buffalo last year via trade, I believe. Um, he was like an underage player in the Arena Lacrosse League, too. So like he's played across the board. Uh, he has experience playing in TK's defense. So like made total sense for them to go get Liam Patton. Phil Caputo, they go and get from the Rochester Nighthawks. This is his fourth team in six years. Um, played with the Toronto Rock in 2017, 2018, and then moved on to Rochester. And uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, he played for Bram- the Brampton Excelsiors in the MSL. Um, he's a guy that's like that gritty veteran type of player that you want on your team and you hate playing against him. So I like that pick a lot. Then the big surprise came pick number 10, the Benny boy, Ryan Banesh gets picked from the Halifax Thunderbirds. He is 14 year veteran his in his career. DJ, he's got 451 goals, 610 assists for 1061 career points. He's only uh, the 10th player in NLL history to reach the 1000 point milestone. How could you not want that on your team? You have to draft that. Like <laughs> that's experience. Like that's that's your team captain right there. hundred percent. hundred percent. Done and sold. Even if he isn't even if he doesn't get the letter, he'll always be a team captain. Yeah. Uh so then pick number eleven, they get their second goalie, Kevin Orleman from the Georgia Swarm, twenty five year old goaltender. Uh the Orlemans are just, you know, it's a household name. And he's gotten to learn under Mike Poulin for the last couple of years in Georgia. Um, he had a one and two record with a goals against average of fourteen point one in just two hundred and ten minutes played in two seasons with the Swarm. Another young goal. I like the way that they went goalie wise to go get two young guys, twenty two and twenty five years old respectively. Makes a ton of sense. Grow with these guys. See if you have something in them, and. Uh, Hopefully it works out for one of them, and it's going to be fun competition. You always love a good goalie competition in the NLL. Uh, pick number 12, my jaw dropped on the floor. Colorado Mammoth pick Chris Wardle. Um, when Joey Capito was right there for the taking, is one of the best, if not the best, transition player in the league that doesn't face off. Um, I was stunned, and then they ended up trading Chris Wardle back to Colorado for two players, which we'll get into the trades, but... I could not believe that they didn't take Joey Capito. Um, that was like everybody, like that was the chalk pick was Joey Capito's going to be in Panther city. And I think the Colorado mammoth as an organization were doing backflips when they realized that Joey Capito was staying put and then pick 13, Scott Dominey from the Toronto rock. They ended up trading him as well, which we'll get into the trades now. So five trades happen or four trades happen. I'm sorry. Uh, trade number one, they trade Panther City traded a second round pick in the 2022 entry draft to the Toronto Rock in exchange for Taylor Stewart and their second round pick in the 2021 entry draft. Um, so they pick up a draft pick this year and Taylor Stewart in exchange for a second round pick in 2022. Then they traded Scott Dominey to the New York Riptide in exchange for Dawson Feed. Don't hate that trade at all. Dawson Feed, I think, is a very intriguing young player. Uh, he got into eight games for Rochester after being drafted in the fourth round. 
scored three times, had seven assists um, before he got taken in the expansion draft by the Riptide. Um, so I, I like that trade. He's also a very well-decorated hockey player, so translates well into the box game grit-wise. Um, the next trade they made, they traded Chris Wardle, like I said, back to the Colorado Mammoth in exchange for Will Malcolm and Jordan Trottier. I love Will Malcolm. He's 21 years old. Um, he played in eight games last season with Colorado. He scored four goals, had seven assists as a rookie. His brother's Tony Malcolm, who plays for the Albany Firewolves. Uh, I think Will Malcolm's like one of the most fun young prospects in this league. And for them to go flip him and they get two guys back, love that deal. Trottier was uh, the 28th overall pick by Colorado last season. Spent his junior career in Peterborough, um, which has ties to TK because Paul Day, GM, coach of Peterborough Lakers. Um, he's a he's a project type of player, but defensively, it's what you want for TK. It's a guy that he can kind of mold, figure out how he's going to fit into uh, their team. And then the final trade, they traded their first round pick in 2023's entry draft to the Georgia Swarm. The Georgia Swarm are literally just like the Oklahoma City Thunder in terms of acquiring like high draft picks. It's stupid. Uh, for Connor Sellers and the 11th overall pick in the 2021 entry draft, Connor Sellers is a former first-round pick uh, from Brampton, Ontario. He played four seasons with the Swarm, got 260 loose balls, and 40 caused turnovers. He can, he can face off, so that's uh, a little versatile weapon there for Panther City. Um, but he's a solid defender. He's going to be able to move the ball around in transition, and I think that's a massive pickup for this defense. So overall, I, I love what Panther City was able to do. I think they're building a, a very unique and fun culture down there. My biggest like love it pick is Charlie Kitchen. Uh, I think he's going to be a rock star in the NLL. Yeah, and, and it gives him an opportunity to set up there he's going to be the guy there and he has guys like you know connor kelly there to help him out that kind of know the ropes but are also going to give him the space to beat him and that field experience that connor kelly has that charlie kitchen has i think that's a a fun like transition into the nll i also love that they went and got a shit ton of young guys from charlie kitchen to connor kelly liam burns uh both of their goalies being 25 and under Patrick Dodds being 19, like them getting a bunch of young guys that like they're going to it's it's very similar to what the Wings did when they came back into the NLL where like they got a bunch of young guys, let them become the core, build up together. And then you go make the big trade for the big piece, which they already have one of the big pieces, Ryan Banesh to come in where the Wings went and traded for Kevin Crowley to bring him back home. I I love the way that they're piecing this thing together to have this young core and then eventually go make a deal for the big player, whoever that may be, to be the face of the franchise. Because, you know, Ryan Banesh being a 14-year veteran, you don't know exactly how much longer he's going to play, um, but he's still got plenty of game in him. He's going to be ridiculous for this team. Um, but that that it's eerily similar to the way that the Wings built their their team, and TK took a page out of Paul Day's book, his former, you know, guy that he was coaching with, and it, it makes a ton of sense. I love the way this team's building. I love their branding. Like I can't wait to see their jerseys because their logos alone are sick. 
I've loved everything they've put out so far as far as logos and decals and graphics. Everything is like they're, they're bringing it. They're like, yeah, this is going to be it. And I don't even know if they're going to do a lot of trades. I think they might take advantage of the entry drafts that you're seeing in and pick from there for that next star, or that those fusing pieces that are going to be, you know, those older guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they can build up a young core with the guys they have here, go into the entry draft in the fall and and get some of these young guys from college, they're going to be a lot of fun. Sure, they're in a very competitive division in the West that has, you know, the longest reigning champions in pro sports, the Calgary Roughnecks. Um, you have the Saskatchewan Rush, who are just perennial playoff contenders. You have a young upstart Vancouver Warriors team. You have the San Diego Seals, the Colorado Mammoth. Like, it's going to be a bloodbath in the West. But the guys that they got here to start their franchise with, I loved every single pick. I don't hate any of the trades that they made. And uh, TK's got himself, you know, the the makings of a young foundation that he's going to be able to coach up for the next couple of years. And he's got to be ecstatic. And a complete foundation across the board. You know, you got face-off. You got defense, you got good goalies, got good tactics. You know, you can work with everything you have. The only thing I say is that questionable transition pick, obviously, with Caputo available. But other than that, he, he made a very great all-around team. Yeah, I love what they did. Um, very excited to see them get started, you know, when the NLL kicks back up in December. Um, it just got me, like, juice. Like, that, that draft being... This week, I was like, "Okay, like here we go. We uh, we're 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 getting cooking with with NLL action. Like free agency's right around the corner, so they're gonna make some signings there as well. Um, very excited to see what they end up doing to continue putting pieces of this roster together uh, to get ready for December. But that's all we got. We're we're getting ready for Long Island. I'll be there. So if you guys are gonna be in Long Island, come say what's up." We're gonna we're gonna hopefully avoid rain and uh, have a, a good Fourth of July weekend on Long Island. Um, what about the uh, the nil nil bill? Very true, the- very true. How is that gonna be with lacrosse? Ooh, I haven't seen anything outside of Jerry Raganese getting like seven hundred DMs for their college program that they're starting with pro athletics. Um. But, I mean, I got to think, you know, Stream King is going to start reaching out. Oh, yeah. Epic. Yeah, like, these people are going to be reaching out soon. ECD, like, yo, like, so are you going to endorse us or what? Tomahawk Shades, I'm sure, is, you know, like we said at the top, like, they already got an LSU football player on board. Like, I'm sure they're going to want to, you know, get into the lacrosse game 100%. And what big brands can we get to? slide on over and, and you know say something that mm-hmm. also help the sport grow so much if we can get an adidas school to pull across like, we need this we need to boost our lacrosse stuff here you go like, you gotta expect new balance is gonna get into the game new balance that I, I don't see them not getting into it the, the the burn the freeze all of it has just been those cleats were insane i used freeze 2.0s this year and they were great there's no way New Balance doesn't snatch Warrior. Up. And yeah, like, you know they're snatching up every lacrosse player. STX has got to be, like, yeah, salivating. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to work with scheduling now. Like, how do you yeah your, your Zoom interviews for guys that you're trying to endorse? 
I think the biggest <laughs> here's here's the biggest one that's gonna happen. You ready for this one? Uh, Bang Energy hashtag not a sponsor is going to be all over Tahoka because Tahoka religiously cracks open a bang on his Instagram stories <laughs> and has just been waiting for the day that Bang can sponsor him. It is that if that's not the first lacrosse player endorsement at the college level, especially since Tahoka's transferring as an undergrad, I will be stunned. Tahoka's got to get the bang sponsorship. Throw him the bag. He's been giving you guys free advertising for years. Throw my man his money. And I mean, he's like the biggest name in college lacrosse right now. Like it's him and Chris Gray. The endorsement of him is insane. Yeah, Chris Gray. I wonder who's gonna come and say something to him. What what is he gonna sign with? Like, oh the possibilities are endless. And this only opens the door that much more for the lacrosse video game. Oh yeah, it needs to be here ASAP. Like right now. Like, get on it. <laughs> like, oh. This was like the next hurdle for that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because now the college thing isn't even really something you have to worry about anymore, and just that makes the game great. There's so many avenues you can take from there. Now they'll be signing endorsement deals in college. <laughs> yep. <laughs> God, I can't wait. This is so exciting. It is like this is everything that the sport needed seems to be happening all at the same time. It's so great. Give us the video game, goddammit. <laughs> what's taking so long? I, I, I don't understand what's taking I feel long. like this was like the last like floodgate, and now they can start like working on developing this thing. If they haven't already, which right. Just be. doing it under uh, in the dark web. They <laughs> <laughs> won't find us here. Uh yeah, that's exciting. Definitely Tahoka is He's got to get the bang bag. I, I don't see how he doesn't. Yeah. I don't see how That's got to be the first one. I can't wait. It's probably going to be on his Instagram story like Monday. Yeah. Officially a sponsor of bang. Cracking <laughs> open a cold one with the boys. Use, use my... my uh, swipe my, up. Swipe up. Use my code to hook a one. <laughs> 15% off bang. Yeah. It's over the mic brain. Bang. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> make sure you guys are following us on social media at OTB Laxpod on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. DJ, let the people know where they can follow you at. On Twitter, capital S, capital C, lowercase s, underscore next great. You can find all my other socials there on Twitter. Big facts. Make sure you're following DJ anywhere you can follow him because uh, I'm sure you'll be live tweeting like a mofo this weekend for all the games. Uh, and DJ's tweets are incredible, so you should be following him. And uh, check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And be sure to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know your predictions for this weekend, Fourth of July weekend on Long Island, your thoughts on the Panther City Lacrosse Club expansion draft, and the most unique college player endorsement that you think could happen in the lacrosse world. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. I'll see you guys on Long Island. Uh, so come say hello at Hofstra if you're there. 
Oh, Ryan Tierney's totally scoring a goal this weekend. So let it be. Josh Byrne is totally having a hat trick this weekend. Let it be known. Like the Hofstra boys are going to show out. Uh, shout out to the sponsors. Tomahawk Shades. Use promo code USP for 25% off at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Vodka. It's the summer of Stateside, guys. Get the vodka soda party packs at StatesideVodka.com. You got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer. Use the Kenny tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who's got Kenny's on tap. And you got to be 21 or older to drink a, a nice cold Kenny. You got to be 21 or older to crack one open. And, of course, please drink responsibly. This has been... Episode number 176, the 100th episode on this feed of the podcast, of the Outside the Box podcast, right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For DJ, I'm KB. Catch you guys on Long Island, and we'll catch you guys uh, after the weekend to recap all the things that go down this PLL weekend. But until then, we'll catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.